0: Well, again, thank you so much for being here. We are thrilled to have you joining us uh, this morning online. We have reached the last Sunday in our series called Choose Joy. Um, If you've caught all of the weeks of this and and if you've been applying them to your life and, and you're seeing that work, would you just... Send me an email. I'd love to hear how it's working in your life and the way that God is um, helping you choose joy. Uh, You can shoot me an email or send me a text or whatever. Just love to hear it. Uh, If you happen to miss any of the weeks, um, you can catch all of them. Are all on our website. You can go to our YouTube channel uh, and you can catch any of the any of the messages that you missed from this series. But throughout this series, what we've been doing is we've been looking in the book of Philippians, which is the most positive, the most joyful book in the Bible. And, and through this series, what we're recognizing is that if we're going to have joy, it's more than just wishful thinking. It's more than just deciding to grin and bear it. To choose joy means we have to take some, some proactive steps. There's some intentional actions that you and I need to take that will lead to joy, And this morning, as we wrap up the series, I want to look closely at at something that can oftentimes be a very difficult choice, but will likely have some of the greatest impacts on our decision to choose joy. So as we wrap up the series this morning, what I want to investigate are the six benefits of how generosity leads to joy. And I know that as soon as the the preacher starts talking about generosity, everybody's like, oh, he's after our money. The church is just after our dollars. And it's true. No, that, it's not true. What's true is that there are expenses to ministry. It, it does cost money to operate a church, to have everything online. Like, there's expenses to staff and to building. But what you need to know is that when we talk about generosity, we never talk about generosity because the church needs your money. When we talk about generosity, we talk about it because Jesus wants your heart. And generosity is one of the greatest ways that Jesus can get a hold of our hearts. And generosity is what really begins to help produce joy in our lives. And what we need to understand is that generosity is actually what begins to open the window that determines how God is going to bless and provide in our lives. One of the last verses that we find in Philippians in verse 19, Paul reminds us that that God is going to provide for all of our needs, but it's all predicated on the reality of us have already been being generous. That God will provide, God puts things in our life, and then when you and I choose to be generous with that, it begins to replenish the way that God has given already to us. Essentially, it's our response to what God has given that begins to determine the level at which God will bless in return. And when we talk about the idea of generosity, it certainly includes finances, it includes money, but it it also includes being generous with our time, generous with our abilities, generous with our creativity, generous with our energy. And when we're generous in each of those areas, God will meet our needs in each of those areas. And as he begins to meet our needs in each of those areas, we'll begin to experience that blessing of God and that provision of God, which will begin to produce joy in our lives. As we think back over the last eight weeks as we've been studying this letter that was written by Paul, what we find is that this letter the Philippi, written to the Philippians was actually a thank you note. It was a great big thank you note for an offering that they had taken, that they had sent some money. Paul was in prison. They sent some money to him to help take care of him while he was in prison. He's getting older. He's actually awaiting being executed by Nero. And before he got into prison, he had gone out and he had started churches. All throughout the Roman Empire, he started these churches. And and now as he sits in prison, he's been writing letters to these different churches. And so this particular letter was written to the church that he had started in the city of Philippi. And because it was in the city of Philippi, that's why the letter is called Philippians. Now, if if Paul had come and started Silver Creek, if he had started this particular church and then wrote us a letter, it would be addressed to the Linwoododians. I think I don't know Linwoodians. I don't know. How, what do you guess, Linwood, Linwoodites? I don't know. Somehow he would have addressed it, Silver Creekers. I don't, but now Paul is writing to the city of Philippi, to the church that has started there. And really what he's telling him is, you've been so generous. You've helped time and time again. When I was in need, you, you, you gave. Your generosity was so helpful to me. And so throughout the book, he keeps going back and forth to this idea of, of being joyful and how it creates generosity and how generosity leads to joy. And it's not just a good idea in our minds for, for individuals to be generous, As a church at Silver Creek, we believe we're called to be a church that is generous. In fact, this last year, just so you know, as a church, we have been extremely generous. As a group, this past year, just so you know, we have given given away to our community, to people around us, we've given away $124,000. This includes money that we've sent down to our sister church in El Salvador, They're running a school down there, and right now, because of the way they're having to do everything remotely, they're not collecting nearly as much tuition, and yet the government down there is still requiring every school to pay their teachers' salaries and all of their health care. And a lot of the private schools in El Salvador are shutting down because of that, because they can't meet those needs, but because of our generosity in sending those funds, the teachers are still getting paid, and the school is still open, and it will be there when the pandemic is over. We've been sending funds to our new strategic partner called Rise Up Academy, uh, just up in Everett, where they're working hard to educate children that are underprivileged, that have lots of needs. As a church, we, we gave out gift cards to teachers locally to say, thanks for being a teacher. We've got the local restaurants that we're supporting right now with this eat, out or eat Local for Less. As a church, we've helped pay utility bills for people in the area. We've helped with car payments. We helped get a guy's car fixed. We bought groceries. We paid rent. We've actually given out $3,000 in gift cards to Fred Myers to people that are out of work so that they could continue to provide for their family during the pandemic. As a church, we continue to pay our mortgage, which, which in large part came to us because of the land that we cleared and prepped for the food bank. Many of you participated in the 103 shoeboxes that we filled that are getting shipped around the world to kids that, that will get nothing else for Christmas than what, except for what you gave them. We've just started working with a new organization called LEAD that's helping people transition from living on the streets to get into housing, trying to help them get away from the substance abuse that's got a hold of their lives. And so what we've done is we're creating these bags, these supplies that, will, that when, the, when they come off the streets, they'll get a backpack that's got some really basic supplies. And then when they get into the house, we'll provide them a bag that has clothes and toiletries and all of these things that will help provide some comfort and encouragement and support as they're attempting to get healthy. And here's the most amazing thing is that in a year where we've given away $124,000, God has chosen and that process of us being generous is that God continues to trust us as a church and continues to bless us with resources to continue to give away. Eight years ago as a church, we barely had enough money in our bank account to survive one month. Like if, if dollars didn't come in, we were not going to make it. And today, God has continued to bless us. we've begun to be more and more generous. And now God is, we, we have to keep thinking. We have to keep strategizing. How do we give this money away? How do we do this? How can we be generous to people in our community? How can we keep doing ministry? And as we continue to be more generous, God continues to bless the church. And when you hear that list of ways that we've been able to help people this year, When you hear that we've been generous with $124,000, if that doesn't bring a smile to your face, I would like you to raise your hand. And then I would like another person in your house to come up behind you and smack you on the back of the head. You were a part of being generous with $124,000 to help people, to help make life better for individuals in difficult situations, to help equip some organizations to serve others. That should produce tremendous joy. And it's exactly what's available to each of us as individuals as well. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a real quick look through the book of Philippians and, and kind of get a summary of, of six benefits that are available to people when we choose to be generous. In our lives, when we, when we decide rather than being a taker, we're going to be a giver. Six benefits that are available to you. And then we'll wrap it up and I'll explain how it is that you and I can claim the promise that God gives that he will meet all of the needs in our life, So let's dive in. The first benefit is this. The first benefit, if you're generous, is that you will earn the gratitude of others. The reputation that you have, the gratefulness that others have for you will be based on the generosity that you extend. I mean, think about the people in your life. The people that you are most grateful for in your life are the people that have invested in you, invested their time, invested their money, invested their energy, their patience. The people that have been giving are the people that you're most grateful for. The people in your life that have been stingy, that that held back, it's kind of difficult to be grateful sometimes for them. It's like, you're just a taker. In life, you will earn a living by what you make, the dollars that you bring in. But the respect and the gratitude, the, the legacy that you will create for yourself, your reputation will be based on what you give. You can earn a living by what you make. But you will create a life by what you give, and you will earn the gratitude of others. Paul gives us a great example of this when he points out how much he appreciates what the Philippians did for him. Listen to what he wrote. Paul said this. He says, as you know, you Philippians, you were the only ones who gave me financial help when when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward of your kindness. Paul is simply grateful for the generosity of the Philippians, that they they stepped up and that they helped in a way that nobody else did. I mean, our hope as as a church is to be, be a church that steps up in ways that maybe nobody else does. And as individuals, it's our opportunity to step forward as maybe nobody else does. I mean... I promise you, there are 103 children around the world that are going to be thankful this this year that Sandy Bowman decided to lead the charge once again and get those Christmas shoeboxes out. And there's 103 children that are going to be grateful for each and every one of you that took the time and the expense to fill one of those shoeboxes. And one of the greatest strategies in our life that will motivate us to be a more generous person is to consistently thank those that have been generous to you. This, this week, send a note to somebody that's been generous to you. Send them a text. Shoot an email that's that been, give somebody a phone call and tell them thank you for the way that they've been generous in your life. Because when we deeply consider how others have been generous to us and the impact that it's had on us, it moves us to then be generous to others and find the joy that comes when we're a benefit to others. The second benefit, when you and I choose to be generous, is that it will reveal what really matters most. When we give, when we're generous with our time, or our money, or our energy, whatever it is, wherever we give, we show what matters to us. Take a look at how you spend your money. Take a look at how you spend your time, and you will know what matters most. There used to be this saying that that if you look in your checkbook, you will discover what is most valuable. I would say that today, if you still have a checkbook, it's clear that what's not valuable to you is technology. I'm kidding. You probably have a checkbook, but if you know where it's at, I, I don't even Ours is somewhere in the house. Generosity, though, it, it isn't just about money. You don't just find out what matters by where you spend your money. You, you can find out what matters to you by, by this, looking at your schedule. You'll see what matters most. You could, you could find that what matters most is your hobby, or you could find out that it's your, the sports that your child plays, or, or the way that you spend your time and your money. You might just find out that what's most valuable are your children. And I'm not saying that any of that stuff is necessarily wrong. What I'm saying is if you, if you check where you spend your money, if you check where you spend your time, you will discover what matters most in your life. There's companies I don't care about at all. Until I look at my 401k, and maybe some, some money has gone into that company, and now I'm like, oh, I purchased some stock there. I actually care about this company suddenly. Because where we put our money is where our heart proves we care about. And when we're generous, it shows what matters most. Here's what Paul wrote. Paul wrote, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. And what Paul is referring to right before this, he was actually talking about religion. He was saying right before this, I thought religion was important. He invested all of his time, all of his money in religion into doing everything that was right. By following all of the rules and by making sure that everybody else, all the people around him were following the rules. He thought, let's impress God. And that's what he found is most valuable. But then after he discovered what Jesus had done for him that Jesus had died on the cross for him, that that Jesus died so that he could be forgiven, and then Jesus came back to life, he suddenly recognized that's the most valuable thing. That's where I need to give my time. That's where I need to give my energy. That's where I need to give my money. And in our life, if we truly want to break the grip of materialism, generosity is the greatest way to do that. Materialism is basically the idea that if I can get more, if I can have additional things, if I can get more things in my life, then I'll be more happy, then I'll be more secure, then I'll be more valuable. But I think we've all lived long enough that we recognize that's not really true. Because you've bought that next thing, you've purchased that next thing, you, you've acquired more, and it's never fully made you happier or given you more security. Materialism is this idea that I've got to get just a little bit more, and next year I've got to get a little bit more, and the next year I've got to get a little bit more. And the only way to really break that grip of materialism is to start being generous. Instead of grabbing and holding on to more, the only way, the only antidote to getting is to start giving. And every time that we're generous... Every time we take what we've been given by God and then we give it back to God or we give it back to people that are in need, we begin to break the grip of materialism in our life. And when we're generous, we will earn the gratitude of others. And when we're generous, we'll show what really matters. And the third benefit when you and I are generous is that we actually become more like Jesus. Jesus is the most generous person that ever lived. Jesus is the the greatest giver in the history of the world. I mean, giving is actually in the nature of God. If God was not giving, if God was not a giver, none of us would be here right now. You would not exist. Everything in our life, everything in my life, in your life, ultimately is a gift from God. If God wasn't generous, we would have nothing. The air that we breathe The sun that shines on our face. The fact that your heart is beating. The fact that you have lungs to breathe. I mean, we didn't earn our lungs. They were given. All of it was given to us out of God's generosity. And if God wasn't generous, he never would have created us. And if God wasn't generous, we wouldn't continue to exist. And so oftentimes when people recognize the idea or start to think about the fact that everything that you have is from God, the pushback sometimes is to be like, well, wait a minute, I've earned some stuff. I've worked hard. I went to school. I I saved my money. But we have to recognize that the, the talent and the creativity that we have, ultimately the ability to work, it all was given to us by Jesus. He gave us the ability to work. He gave us the talent to be creative. He gave us the ability to produce. So ultimately, everything we have in life is a gift from God. Everything came from Jesus. Which means then that because Jesus is so generous, then every time you and I choose to be generous, what happens is it begins to change something within us. Every time our heart is moved to give, our heart just tweaks a little bit more to be like Jesus. Every time we give, we become just a little bit more loving. Every time we give, as we practice the idea of generosity, we become just a little bit more like him. Paul wrote this to the Philippians. He said, don't just look for your own interests, but look also to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Now recognize, Paul doesn't say don't have interests. He doesn't say you don't have needs. He doesn't say you don't have concerns. He just says, don't ignore others. He's saying, I know that you're going to be, have your own things that you want to consider, but consider others' needs at the same level that you consider your needs. Think about it this way. Jesus created us because he wanted to be in relationship with us. Jesus left heaven so that he could be in relationship with us. Jesus died on the cross so that you and I could be forgiven, so that we might be right, made right, so that we could be in relationship with him. He was continually giving to us because he wanted us to know him and because he wanted us to know that he knew us. He was interested in us knowing him. And he knew that without giving everything that he gave, we would never be justified. We would never be restored to the point where we could actually know him now and know him for all eternity. And so the great news is that every time you and I choose to be generous. Every time you and I choose to give, we become more like Jesus. And at the same time that we become more like Jesus, at the same time what will also happen is our you will strengthen your faith. When we take what we've been given, and instead of using it all for me, instead of using it all for you, when we take it and we give it away to help others when we give it away to help what God is doing through the church, now because we've given away something of what was ours, now we have to depend on God to make up that difference. So you go to work, or I go to work and I earn money, and then I have my bills to pay, and I can choose either to just take care of all of my bills and all of the things that I need, or I can choose to be generous and give back to God and give back to the church to the needs of others. And now i have to recognize i've got less to get everything done and so i have to trust god to help get all of those things accomplished with the less that i have and so my faith grows it's the same thing with your time we we all have a certain amount of time to get all of the stuff done that we need to get done and if suddenly we notice that our neighbor is in need and we we take time to help out our neighbor we have to trust that god is then going to help make up the difference with the time that we've given he, we're going to have to trust god is going to expand our ability within a limited time the less time that we have to get all of the stuff done that we need to get done same is true with your energy you only have so much energy and every time we give up our energy to the benefit of others we have to depend on god then to give us the energy to get everything else done it's our opportunity not to worry But to pray and say, God, I'm going to give my energy to this. I'm going to give my time to this. And I need you to take care of the rest of my needs. And the reality is that every time you and I give, every time you and I are generous, our faith will grow. Every time we give, it's it's like a muscle that we're exercising that gets stronger and our faith grows. This is what Paul said in verse 4. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray and ask God for everything you need. Always giving thanks. One of the great opportunities that happens every year is through impact. And it happens for each of us individually, and it happens for us as a church to grow in our faith. And right now I know that there's so many unknowns in the world. Probably more unknowns right now than there have ever been. And really, it's no different than ever. We just suddenly are aware of how little we are actually in control. We used to think we controlled everything, and now suddenly, as the world has so many uncertainties, we're like, oh, maybe we weren't, so as, po- weren't as powerful as we thought we were. But we still have the same choice that we've always had. We still have the same choice to decide if we're going to worry, if we're going to manage, if we're going to control all that we have, and we're going to decide that we can manage it best. Or instead, we can invite God into the process and choose to be generous and give to the needs that we see around us. And as we give back to God, now we're opening the door for him to come in and take care of the needs that we have. That's why it, when you look at impact and you look at the Christmas offering, it's not about us. Impact is not about us as a church. Impact is about how can we help Others. That's why as a church we're gonna we're gonna give to support our sister church in El Salvador, and we're gonna give to support Rise Up Academy, and we're gonna give so that we can expand our building and improve worship, and that's not for us. We are not gonna build a bigger building for any of us. We're already in, but we have to expand to make room for people in our community that don't yet know Jesus. And when you and I are generous, when we as a church are generous and we give our dollars away, now we have to have the faith that God is going to continue to meet the needs of the church and continue to meet the needs of us individually. That's why individually this is a great opportunity. Because there's so many things that you and I can do with our own personal dollars that we choose to give to impact. Those dollars that we choose to give to impact, there's lots of things you could do with them. I mean, right now at my house, We've got a water leak that we're trying to figure out. And right now in my house, we're, we're behind on our retirement, and we've got to pick up the pace. And everybody knows that at my house, Daddy likes new shoes. right? But, but Julie and I, we, we've talked about it, we've prayed about it, and we've decided we're going to have faith that Jesus is going to provide and make up the difference for whatever it is that we give. We can choose to do that or we can choose to worry about it and take on the responsibility of figuring it out all on our own. And we can choose to hold those dollars and try to make them all work. last year, Julie and I, we actually decided we were going to double what we were giving to impact. And this year as we were talking about it, it was kind of tempting to think, well, maybe we should just roll back. But what we realized was this is a great opportunity for us to have faith that Jesus would continue to come through. And there are so many people that are a part of Silver Creek that I know make that same decision each year. And those that have done that have never regretted it. We've never had anybody come to us and say, yeah, we gave to Impact. I'm re- regretting that now. Because God has always come through. And the real beauty about Impact and the real beauty about giving to God through the church and by choosing to be generous is that choice that we make when we've chosen to give is we are ultimately going to invest in eternity. Jesus actually called us to to store up treasures in heaven. And when he uses that phrase, store up treasures in heaven, he actually says, store up your treasures in heaven. Not Not for God, but for yourself. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, we haven't used the chat a whole lot this morning, but real quick, in the chat, would you take a guess? How many times do you think Jesus used the phrase, store up treasures for yourself in heaven? How many times? I'll give you, it's not a thousand, it's less than that. How many times do you think Jesus said, you think it was once, twice, three times, feel like an auctioneer, four, five, it was six. Okay, there, it was six. Six different times Jesus said, store up treasure for yourself in heaven. And anytime Jesus says something six times, he's like, you need to get this, listen up. Because if you don't get this, you're gonna miss out on a blessing. You're gonna miss out in the long run. You're gonna miss out on something that is available to you. And Jesus says it six times because he's like, You need to get this message. This is important. If you're a parent, you know this is true. When there's something that's important to you, you say it again and again and again so the kids get it. I mean, in my house, my kids know life's not fair, don't slam the door. And we're not going to give up faith that the Sonics will be back in Seattle at some point. We, we, those things have been repeated enough that my kids know these things are important. And in our life, it's not about storing up things on earth. It's about storing up treasures in heaven. And each and every time that we invest by giving back, we're making a difference in lives of people. We're ultimately banking in heaven and investing in eternity. Paul reminds us of this when he says this. He says, Though I appreciate your gifts, what makes me happiest is the well-earned reward you will receive because of your generosity. And he's talking about what they will receive as they they enter heaven and recognize what's happened because of the way that they've invested. And there's few things that are going to last forever. God, God's word, people, and where people spend eternity. Those are the things that are going to last forever. And so when we look around it, the building that we're in, or the building that you're the, these things will crumble and go away. And the trees that are out, and the tree, and nature, that will all die, and America will not exist forever. Nothing on this planet will last forever. Just those few things that I've just mentioned, God, His Word, people, and where we spend eternity, that's what's going to last forever. And there will be a day when you and I walk into eternity... And as we walk into eternity, as we step into heaven, we will suddenly be able to be aware of all of the individuals that benefited from our generosity. That through our generosity, an individual discovered who Jesus is, and it changed there forever. And out of what we've been given, out of how Jesus has blessed us, our generosity was able to invest in eternity. And because we've invested in eternity, because we've invested in other people, what it will produce is the last benefit, and the last benefit it will produce is it will bring joy to God. Generosity is, is the act of giving, and that act of giving back is an act of worship and honor to God. This is what Paul said. He said, your gifts are like fragrant offering to God, a sacrifice that God accepts, and it's pleasing to Him. Back to parents. When your kid is selfish... When your kid isn't kind, when your kid doesn't share, if you're watching your kid play with a toy and they're like, it's all mine, you're like, oh my goodness, who raised that child? But when you watch your child be kind, when you watch your kid share, it just brings a smile to your face. You're like, I did that. We're proud of our kid when they respond, when they, when they take their chance to, to give of themselves. And the same thing is true for God. He loves watching his kids learn to be generous. And every time you and I choose to be generous and choose not to be selfish, every time we choose to give away of the money that God has entrusted us with, when we give away our time, when we give away of our our energy, when we give stuff away, not for our own benefit, but for the benefit of the others, every time we do that, God's like, that's my boy. See how generous he was? That's my girl. See how generous she was? I have no idea who God's elbowing, but... um... And not only does it bring joy to God when you and I are generous, when we give, when we're generous, it always comes with God's promise to the generous. God's literally like saying, let's let's play a game. Let's play a game. You give back to me by giving to others or giving to others. You give back to me, and then I'll give back to you, and let's see who wins. Let's see who gives the most. God's literally like, I will meet all of your needs according to the riches of Christ Jesus. Like, he's basically saying, I got so much, but let's play, and I'll I'll blow the socks off of you every time. And this is one of the most incredible promises that God offers, because he's literally like, test me, try me. He's like, I double-dog dare you. He literally invites us to test him on this. And in this very next verse, right after Paul tells us that it brings great joy to God when we're generous, he follows it up with this. It says, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now notice, he doesn't call us to give all of our money and all of our time and all of our energy. He doesn't call us to give all of it. We don't have to be generous with all the things that God has given. Yet his response is that when we choose to be generous, he will supply all of our needs. It doesn't sound fair. It doesn't sound fair. We don't have to give it all, but God's going to take care of all of it. And we so believe that at Silver Creek that we do what's called the giving challenge. And the giving challenge comes with a money-back guarantee. Essentially, if you choose to test God on this, and God doesn't bless you, and God doesn't take care of your needs over the next three months, if God doesn't bless you and meet your needs, we will give you back your money. Any money that you contribute over the next three months, we'll give it back. So the giving challenge looks like this. If you've never given to Silver Creek before, then just give one time during the next three months. And the amount doesn't matter, and the timing doesn't matter, and how you give doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Just give one time if you've never given before, and then if God doesn't bless, if God doesn't begin to meet your needs, then we'll give you your money back. Just let us know, and we'll give it back. And if you've already given to Silver Creek at some point, then the challenge is to begin giving consistently over the next three months. And again, you, you, you can set the amount, it doesn't matter. You pick the amount, you pick the schedule, figure out what the amount is, and then you can give it every week, or you can give it every time you got paid, or every t- once a month, it doesn't matter. Just simply choose some sort of consistent schedule, and give that way over the next three months, and then if God doesn't bless, let us know, and we'll give your money back. And if you've given consistently already, then the challenge is to begin to give systematically over the next three months. And systematically simply means you're going to determine a percentage. And then every time that you get paid, every time you earn money, every time God blesses you that way, then you're going to give back that percentage to God by giving to the church. And we could go through Scripture, and we're, we're convinced that God calls those of us that follow Him to give 10% back. And when we give God that 10%, what we're then saying is, God, I need you to help stretch the other 90% to meet all of my needs. And every part of that that we hold back We're saying, God, I can do better than you with this. And if you choose to do that, if you choose to give systematically, and and maybe you have to start with 1% and just grow that over time. But if you begin to give systematically and God doesn't bless, let us know and we'll give you your money back. And if you're giving systematically, then the challenge is to give extravagantly. To give above and beyond that 10%. And if you give extravagantly, and again, if God doesn't bless, if God doesn't meet your needs, let us know and we will give you your money back. And wherever you find yourself in the process of this giving challenge, if you've been here before for a while and you've tried this, then, then then the choice is, are you going to take the next step? And every time we decide to take that next step, there's really two ways that you and I can choose to be generous. There's two ways that we can consider this, two options to consider how we will give. And each one of us, we get to choose. The first way that we can choose to be generous is by reason. By reason simply means that I'm going to think about it. It means I'm going to look at my bank account. It means I'm going to consider how much money is coming in. I'm going to consider how many bills have to go out and what needs to get paid. And then I'm going to ask myself this question. What can I afford? This, this is the practical way. Like This, this is the, the practical way to consider how generous we'll be. It's, it's evaluating Will it leave me enough money to still do everything that I need? Or, or it's the matter of waiting until everything has gotten paid and then giving what is left over. This, is, this would be applying reason to being generous. The other way to determine how generous we want to be or how generous we're going to be is by revelation. This is the option that really allows us to, to truly strengthen our faith more than ever. Because rather than thinking about what makes sense in my own human capacity, I'm instead going to ask the question, God, what do you want to give through me? How do you want to give to others, God? And through me, be the conduit of giving. Here's the amazing thing. Every single dollar that God intends for this church to use to accomplish all that God has called us to do is already available. We, all the money is there. It's just currently sitting in each and every one of our own personal accounts or our wallets or the paychecks that we're going to earn. It's every dollar that God needs, that we need to accomplish all that God wants to do. We already have it. But what it means is each of us have to consider, where am I at in this process? Maybe where are you at in the process of this giving challenge? And how is it that you're going to determine how you're going to be generous? Will you respond by reason? Will you respond by revelation? Will you allow God to direct you in what God would want you to do? And whatever it is, when you and I choose to be generous, when we choose to be intentional with our generosity and with the dollars that God has given us, ultimately it's the process of choosing joy. Because as God blesses and God provides all of our needs, it will stretch our faith. And God will respond and we'll be able to see how he provides and ultimately we'll be able to see how God is doing amazing things that we never would have otherwise seen or thought possible. And every week we want to challenge you and provide you some next steps to consider for yourself what it is that you're going to do this morning. And this morning I know that for a lot of us when we're challenged to be generous, when we're challenged to give away our dollars, when we're challenged to give back to God, that can be a difficult process. And again, we're not doing this because the church is desperate for your dollars and desperate. for. But what we do know is that God wants to do amazing things through our church to bless our community. And ultimately, God wants to do amazing things in your life. So what's the next step for you? Maybe your next step is to take the giving challenge. Whatever it is, wherever you're at in that process, maybe it's your day to take that next step in that process. Maybe the next step for you is to celebrate how God is using Silver Creek to bless others. Maybe your next step is to evaluate what your generosity approach is. Is it by reason? Is it by revelation? And maybe your next step is to tell God your needs and trust Him to provide. Wherever it is this morning, I would just challenge you, I would just encourage you to respond to whatever it is that God is saying. Let's pray. God, this morning... Would you help us to start off by simply recognizing how much you've given us? God, as we come out of this week of Thanksgiving, God, we just celebrated all the ways that you've provided and we all expressed our gratitude and what we're thankful for. And God, out of that gratitude, out of that thankfulness, would you help us to see the the opportunity to be generous and to give back? To see all that you've done in our lives, all the ways that you've given, and then to respond to respond in such a way that that it stretches our faith and to respond in such a way that we, we can see you working in our lives and that we can see the way that we're investing in eternity. God, help us to be grateful for the opportunity that we get to partner with you. That we get to partner with you at bringing change and blessing to the lives of others. God, thank you for the people of Silver Creek that are are so consistently generous, that that are contributing and for making and allowing us the opportunity to give so many dollars away to be a benefit to those in our community. God, thank you for those that are generous. Help those that are considering how they can begin to make that step and become more generous. Give them the strength, give them the faith to trust you in that process. We love you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.